You're listening to WDW Tales, a glimpse of the Central Florida theme parks from a cast member's perspective. WDW Tales, behind the name tag. And now your host, Justin Stone. Hi everyone, welcome back to WDW Tales. I'm your host, Justin Stone. Now I apologize, gang, for uh, for taking the last couple of weeks off and not having a, a podcast for you, but I went on vacation and uh, forgot to record one. And so uh, here we are. So I, uh, I'm sorry for the lapse in podcasts, but hopefully I've kept you on the edge of your seats waiting for a new one to come out. So here we are, and uh, today is uh, a a little bit different of a story. So as you know, the whole idea behind WDW Tales is to talk about my my time as a cast member and and everything that I experienced when I worked uh, at Walt Disney World and and the theme parks way, way back when. But I thought I would try something different. Uh, you see, I'm a, a very big runner. If you don't know that, uh, running is one of the, the, the things that I, I really love. It's one of those last those last pieces of my life where I can get out and just run for me and, and kind of get away from everything. And so uh, I, I like to uh, run a lot and I like to talk about running. And so I have a, a sister site called Always Running Forward. And that really is more just about positivity through running and race recaps a if you go there you'll see there's a lot of recaps around past run disney races that i've done chicago marathon other races it's just a place for me to to talk about running and and with share with the running community uh so there aren't any podcasts there are some youtube videos uh but i've never done any podcasts on that and so what i wanted to try today was to do a podcast on a recent race recap or a recent uh, recent race that I just ran, uh, where I went down on vacation, I went down to Disney World to not only see family and friends, but to also run the uh, Wine and Dine Half Marathon that Walt Disney puts on every year in November. It is uh, was one of my most favorite ri- uh, rides. <laughs> it's one of my most favorite uh, runs. Oh, that sounds terrible, too. One of my favorite uh, races. How's that sound? In, uh, in my my running career. And so what I wanted to do was, uh, was share my experience with that. So, uh, here's what I experienced through the run and in where we stayed and, and just some general observations around, uh, Walt Disney while we were there. So if you'll permit me, I would love to talk about, um, some running, some Disney running, but, uh, so it won't be about me as a cast member. It'll be me about the runner. And so, uh, I hope you enjoy. So for those of you who don't know, about the Walt Disney World Wine and Dine Half Marathon. It's, I think it's about six years old. This is our fifth year running it. And what it was originally intended to be as the the um, kind of the adults night out. So for the f- last five years, for the last 
for five years before this year, it was always held at night. It was held on a Saturday night at about 10 o'clock. I usually finished about mm, maybe like 11.45-ish. And once you you finished, um, Epcot and Wine and Dine, the Wine and Dine um, extravaganza, was open till 3, 4 o'clock in the morning. So once you finished running, you could get changed and you could go and enjoy uh, the the food and wine festival um, without having like the throngs of drunk people and day guests and more drunk people all around. And for the first couple of years, it was amazing. It was, it was great. So it, um, my first, this is actually my first half marathon in 2010 or 2011, 2011, I believe it was. Yes. The second year of wine and dine. And, uh, it, it was kind of a small affair, so I would finish, and then uh, I'd get changed, and I'd ride Spaceship Earth until my wife finished, which is usually about an hour later, and I would just go around and around and around and just relax, and they give you, like, a box of food when you finish, and I would just, you know, munch on the food while I waited for her to finish and my friends to finish, and uh, and then we'd go in and ex- experience uh, the rest of Epcot, and somewhere within the last couple of years... Disney started to sell more tickets to it and make it a hard ticketed event. And they said, it's for your friends and family and blah, 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 blah. And uh, it got a little out of control. So for a couple of years, it was just so out of control that we didn't even stay. And uh, we usually stay at the boardwalk. And so we would just go straight to the boardwalk and go home and go to bed. Uh, and then there was, of course, the year of the Splash and Dash where it rained the entire race. And uh, it was just a miserable time. I got a little lucky because I, I ran a really good race and then I got this medal that broke and I'm sure the internet can tell you all about that story. Uh, and then last year the race got, uh, cut, uh, cut about six miles because there was bad weather again, whether that was really bad weather or there wasn't is, uh, another story. Nothing ever happened, but because there were so many people running it, uh, Disney had to, to, to truncate the race and cut out all of Animal Kingdom, and it, was a, it wasn't that great. Um, so this year, it was a completely different scenario. This year, they actually took the same model that they do for every other Disney race, and they did uh, a challenge called the Lumiere's Challenge, uh, but they also made the race in the morning. So just like, like, like I said, every other Disney race... You'd get up at 3 o'clock in the morning, you'd be there by 3.30, the race would start at 5.30, and then you'd be done. So the 10K was on uh, Saturday, well, the 5K was on Friday at Animal Kingdom like it always is. The 10K was on Saturday, Uh, but instead of the race uh, being on Saturday night like it was, the half marathon was on Sunday morning. So the 10K was a brand new race, part of what's called the Lumiere's Challenge. And, this, and Sunday morning was the half marathon. Now, as I mentioned before, after you finish the race, you would be able to go into Epcot and, and enjoy the Food and Wine Festival. But what they did this year is they broke up the party with the race. So you would race in the morning, and then you'd go home, take a nap, get changed, and then come back at night um, starting at 10 o'clock. Or if you were in the park, you could get your wristband at 8 o'clock, and it would go... I think until 2 a.m. And you could go and, and do the party then. So they they, they broke it up. Uh, so a lot of changes this year uh, for the races. As I mentioned before, the Lumiere's Challenge was a 10K and the half. 
and you got a specific medal for it. And so we decided to do it. And, uh, and then the half marathon, everything was in the morning. The half marathon was in the morning. Then that night was the party. Uh, it, it just, a, a it was a whole different experience, but what it felt very much like was every other Disney race. Like the theming was still for food and wine, but it just felt like it was the same, same old thing. Not to mention because, uh, because the studios are going under so, uh, so many rehabs and, and things are getting torn down and things are getting built up and it's just too much of a mess for what was once a really crucial part of the race. So instead of the normal course, which takes you from wide world of sports to animal kingdom, to the studios, to Epcot, it basically took you from wide world of sports to animal kingdom back out through the back way of Animal Kingdom through what's called the water treatment facility and it's just as sexy as it sounds so if you've ever run the Walt Disney World Marathon weekend uh, the marathon of course takes you the other way it takes you to Animal Kingdom through the water treatment facility which smells just absolutely terrible and there's the the garbage dumps back there and so that was like the uh, three miles of the race and then you get back onto World Drive and then you actually go into Epcot for half a second. You basically get to, you run into Epcot next to um, the Living Seas. You basically get all the way to International Gateway at the front of World Showcase. You turn around, you go back up and through uh, backstage by the Universe of Energy where one of the actual, one of the doors to the Utilidors uh, is. And then you finish out there. So uh, it's it was really kind of a, uh, eh, race. Um, I, Disney tried their best, I think, to to make it exciting, but uh, it really was was kind of depressing. Uh, but only because Wine and Dine is m- my favorite race in the world, my favorite half. I have two favorite races in the world: the Chicago Marathon, which will always be my favorite marathon, and I'll always do that race. It is the best marathon in the world, and not no Boston or New York could even come close to this race. Uh, being so good and then the other one is the wine and dine half and that's just because it was my first race I loved running through all the parks I love running at night it's my fastest race to date and uh, I just I just loved it so um, it bummed me out like from it just seems to kind of be be heading in a certain direction where I think possibly that Disney could just get rid of this this race weekend in the near future just because it just doesn't feel like much anymore and maybe it's just because I've run it for so many years or, or what have you but uh, it just felt different this year. So let's talk about just the overall experience um, now that I've given you a sense of what the Wine and Dine is. So when we got to uh, Orlando, I had uh, I had basically flown a red eye. My wife had gotten here the night before, uh, but I was in pretty good spirits because my Cubs, my Chicago Cubs, had won the World Series for the first time in 108 years, and I actually sat and I watched game seven at the airport I plopped myself down in a bar and the game ended three minutes before I was supposed to board my flight and so it was great so I got home I was feeling good um, and saw my family got to visit my in-laws and it was nice for us just to be on vacation we haven't really been on an actual true vacation since probably January since February so it was nice to go on a, a lengthy vacation so it was nice to get home we saw was our friends we saw our family then we headed over to a day later we headed over to the expo to pick up our bibs so 
the bib pickup uh, for Wine and Dine is where, where it is everywhere else, which is the uh, wide world of sports complex. But unlike other races, like this one is, it's kind of under the radar, so it's easy to get in and get out. Just pick up your bib, get your stuff, and get out because it's not as 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 big as say like a Disneyland marathon, half marathon, or like Walt Disney World marathon or anything like that. So this is kind of a kind of a fun undercard race weekend. Uh, but here's a couple of things that I noticed that I just couldn't believe. First of all, for some reason, Disney was charging for premium parking. They were charging $10 for premium parking. And when I mean premium parking, I'm talking like an extra 800 meters, extra four, maybe 600 meters, just to get closer to the uh, the c- complex to get your bibs. And I'm like, wait, we're all a bunch of runners. Like, okay. 90% of us are runners and we, I couldn't believe like you're charging us to go just a little bit closer and I, we're like I was I just flabbergasted I'm like I can't believe this so of course we didn't pay and we walked up and we go into the building and go down and pick up our bibs and then uh, if you've ever run a Disney race you know that you when you get your bib you get a little sticker with your bib number on it and that sticker is supposed to go on your bag so when you check your bag at the day of the race then people know this is who you are and this is where your bag is and they get it for you. So we didn't think much about it when my wife and I picked up our bibs. So we went, um, we picked up our bibs. We went over to the other field house to check out the expo, which is the same stuff, the New Balance shoes and the raw threads and the usual stuff you see. And then we walked back out to the car and as we were walking back out to the car, my wife's like, hey, my my uh, bib didn't have a sticker with it and I was like oh me either and we thought maybe it was a mess up so I ran all the way back and they're like oh no uh we're going to give you a sticker when you get to the race so you don't have to worry about it this year and we're like okay well great well um hopefully we'll find our bags (laughs) So, so cool so we um we basically went over to uh to our hotel to check in and we we stayed at the beach club this year and that's just because I forgot to book our our resort at the I forgot to book our reservation at the boardwalk and it was too late to get the reservation there. So we decided that we the beach club would be fine. We've stayed there before. We weren't thrilled with it, but we know that they redid the room, so we figured we'd give it a try. Plus we love beaches and cream and my mom loves Cape May and so uh, it's it was just easy. And we wanted to stay around Epcot, so we always stay around Epcot for wine and dine weekend it's just easier and then for Walt Disney World Marathon weekend we actually stay at a different resort uh, every year so not not a different resort every year but a different every year we stay at the same resort it's just a different resort that's what I mean so uh, we got to the beach club and what I thought was actually pretty neat was I had a text uh, on my phone saying, you know, welcome and your room is ready and here's your room and you don't even have to check in and you can just use your magic band to get in. And uh, I think that's cool. The things that concern me about that is like it's tougher to talk to somebody. You don't feel as as much as like a person as you do just a number as a resort guest. So it's nice when you can talk to someone and you can say, listen, this is what I'm looking for in a room and all that. And I'm sure you could still do that if you didn't like the room. But uh, this was a first for us. We did not get a room by the ho- by the elevator. It doesn't matter what. Whenever we stay anywhere, aside from the Wilderness Lodge, is we always get a room by the elevator. It, it, Disneyland, Disney World, it doesn't matter. Uh, we're cursed. 
It's insane how this happens. But this time we didn't. And we got inside and our room didn't have that adjoining room door. So you didn't hear the people next door to us. And that's like the thing that just drives me insane. And I know Disney is a family destination. So more times than not, you're going to get a room that has the door for the two rooms. And you can always hear through it. And it, I can't stand it. And and I couldn't believe we didn't get it. And I was like, all right. And the view was actually not that bad. We got a view of the lake and um, we could kind of see Boardwalk. And so all in all, it was a pretty nice room. And so um, we were pretty excited. We didn't do the pool or anything like that this time. We really just kind of were there uh, to basically to sleep and and that was it and, and to eat around the resort and all that stuff. So um, we basically put our stuff away and then kind of went out and hit the parks. And just as we thought, food and wine was like crazy busy, but we just kind of walked a little bit and, and relaxed and then uh, walked around boardwalk for a little bit, had dinner, and then we went to bed because we knew the next day was going to be an early day. And uh, just like that, Saturday had come and it's 2.30 in the morning. And uh, another thing that uh, we've never experienced at a East Coast Disney race since moving West Coast is having West Coast uh, uh, circadian rhythms, you know, still living on West Coast time and having to get up at 2.15, 2.30 in the morning to go run a race. So that was uh, that was hell on earth. <laughs> I'd just fallen asleep and then bam. So it's like 11.30 our time and here we are getting clothes on to go run. And so, uh, so yeah, so headed out. And what's nice about uh, these races is that they have bus transportation and for the most part, for all the Run Disney races that we've done, we've never had a bus problem, except this year. So this year, Disney in their infinite wisdom basically had bus a bus for Yacht Club, Beach Club, Boardwalk, Swan, and Dolphin. So all the guys, all the racers who are racing that morning have a chance to get on that bus. And so the bus would basically just go from resort to resort to resort and pick people up. But by the time I got to us, it was packed or it wouldn't even show up. So I'm starting to freak out. I'm like on Twitter and everyone's like, we're all here. Where are you? And I'm like, we've been waiting for 45 minutes and we're like the second ones in line. And the person who's handling the buses, she's on the ground and she's calling people. And I've got uh, my, we're basically like friends. I'm texting friends and tweeting at Run Disney and all my friends are like, we're going to talk to Run Disney people here. We're at the race. We'll go tell them. And so Run Disney got on the radio and finally people started, buses started showing up, but it was like really, it was kind of crazy that uh, there weren't enough buses. I've heard that in the past, but I've never had to deal with it. And I couldn't believe, it just was like just another thing. It was like, wow, you can't, you can't be ready for us. Yeah, we spend more money with you and we're running another race with you and whatever. So I get to the race. And I, the race is at Epcot. The race starts in the, this is the 10K on Saturday. The race is, uh, uh, you know, where it always is in the Epcot parking lot with all the tents and all that stuff. And, um, you know, it's very, it's quiet, but people are starting to mill about first time runners are looking kind of iffy. And um, I see some of my, my more experienced friends and this is old hat to us. So this is more of us just getting together and saying hi to each other rather than just like running the races. And so the DJ's playing is cheesy wedding music like they always do. And and so I, I get ready and I go to dump off my bag. And I'm like, how do I dump off my bag? And the guy's like, oh, well, here's your, here's your, 
they see your bib and he takes like one of those like a hello my name is sticker it's not that but that's kind of like what it is and he just writes my my bib number on it and he sticks on the bag and it's like falling off my bag and I'm like what is this all about and he's like oh this is a new procedure and I was like mm, I think somebody forgot to print some stuff out because this is super cheap <laughs> I'm like the things I even sticking to my bag and he's like nah it'll be fine don't worry about it I was like yeah there's like 30,000 people I'm sure you guys aren't gonna have a problem with it so uh I dump off my bag say goodbye to my wife and I go to Hopping Corral A and and I, t- truth be told guys 2016 has been a, just a shit year for me running I just have no motivation I don't even care like when I get out it's not fun and I've been biking a lot more and I've really enjoyed that and so running hasn't been great the Chicago Marathon was not good it was okay but it wasn't good and I knew going into it it wasn't gonna be good but this is only a 10k and so uh I you know I jam these things all the time so I took a goo uh which is like a like a gel that you drink with water that has some electrolytes and carbohydrates and caffeine in it and uh I took off like the race started and and, uh and I was on my way and like getting into like mile two so the race takes you out of Epcot and then on to um like the main thoroughfare to get to um, Epcot Resorts Boulevard and then back in through the old through the cast member entrance but mile two all of a sudden I had this like terrible feeling in my stomach like it felt like hot lead was just burning in my stomach it hurt so bad and I didn't know what it was and I I honestly didn't know if I was gonna I was gonna go number two (laughs) over myself which is like the biggest fear of every runner ask any runner and they're like yeah crap in yourself (laughs) it's such a it's a reality guys and it's a big fear and so I was like oh is this gonna be the one no please no and it's it's mile two of a 10k this is nothing for me this is I'm usually you know done in I don't know 39 minutes 38 minutes something something like that but I had to stop and walk it was just so bad and so gross and it didn't stop the whole race until like mile five and a half and so I stopped like four or five times and just had to walk and I was just terrified of what would happen and truth be told a couple months earlier, I had the same feeling at the Disneyland half marathon for like the first four miles. I just had this awful feeling in my stomach and I couldn't figure out what it was. I hadn't done anything different, but it turns out what we think it was is uh, I had a different flavored goo and maybe the flavor was something that didn't agree with me, but it was awful. It, the whole race was just a mess. I don't even know what my time was. And so I just kind of made my way through, waited for my wife and and kind of got back to the hotel and that was that I I always had the first race done and and they um because it's a challenge and you're going to run a lot of different races they just uh you know they take your picture actually they take your picture at the bib pickup but um so I went and I, I got a couple pictures done and um then we headed off for the day and uh what we did is we basically on Saturday we went to um the studios after the race so as you guys know from my previous podcast that I love the studios I worked there for the longest ten, part of my tenure at Disney and it's my favorite park it's crazy underrated and they're just ripping it apart they're just by bolt by bolt they're just killing my studios for um, for Star Wars land and Pixar and whatever but we love the Tower of Terror and and Toy Story Mania is fun, and and so what we did was uh, went to we went to the, the parks, and I just walked around and and 
kind of pointed at my wife. This is where New York Street used to be, and this is where Residential Street used to be, and the original Backlot Tour entrance was here, and it's all so changed. And I understand progress is progress. It just it just hurts. But what we decided to do for dinner that night was to eat at Mama Melrose. And I don't know if you've ever eaten at Melma 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 Mama Melrose, but that is an Italian restaurant tucked way 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 back in the park behind the the Muppets uh, attraction and that's one of the last original pieces of the studios and Mama Melrose if you've ever been in there it's a pretty decent Italian restaurant I mean as Disney restaurants go but there's this great backstory behind it it's about this Italian lady who came out she tried her hand at acting and and what she ended up doing was bringing food from her homeland to her castmates when she was on shoots and on set and they kept asking for more and more of it. So she decided to actually stop with the acting and start an Italian restaurant. And all the famous actors of Hollywood go to Mama Melrose to, to, to eat and to be seen. And uh, it was a, uh, you know, it's an all made up story, of course, but it's, it just feels like that 1989 studios. You know, it feels like it's like that what story fits within the studios. Nothing else at that park feels like it fits within the studios anymore. I mean, there are bits and pieces and I'm talking little pieces as, as you've heard me talk about before. So it was nice to, to go there and relive a little bit of my, my old days when, when we would grab a restaurant, you know, we'd eat at a restaurant on our days off or something like that. And so there was Mama Melrose and the cast members were amazing. It was almost like, it was almost like this, no one had touched this little piece of the park since 1989 I mean they were so cool and so nice and everywhere else you go on property now people are curt or aloof and they're just not the cast members that I I remember but um, Mama Melrose was awesome and I hope they don't touch it and I I know they're going to and I know like Backlot Express which is another original piece of the park that's going to go too and it makes me sad Um, so it was nice to be able to um, kind of drown my sorrows of the studios in an, in an old favorite. And so it was nice to see that. So then heading back to the resort, we uh, essentially got back into bed and, uh, and went, went to sleep for the next morning of uh, another 2 a.m. wake-up call and off to do the half marathon. So when the uh, when the buses came the next morning, they were it was much better. It was much faster, and uh, I, I was glad to see that some changes had been made over the um, over the previous day's bus uh, fiasco schedule, whatever. And so we hopped right on the bus, and we got to the got to Epcot early. I got set, ready to go. Uh, I I really had no intention of doing super well for this race again because I just haven't run I just I I flat out have no one else to blame but myself so to have any lofty expectations I've just let myself down so uh hopped back into the corral corral b which was weird for me and uh off I went now the big thing was for the first couple of miles I was terrified that the stomach thing was going to happen again it happened to me at Disneyland it happened to me the the day before I had just eaten uh, a huge chicken parm the night before which was amazing by the way and I was just waiting for it to happen and I figured if I can get through mile three then I should be in the clear and mile one showed up I thought I felt something 
didn't go, didn't hit. Mile two, I thought I felt something. Nope. Mile three, nothing. I felt great. I felt really, really good. My legs were a little tired. My legs were chewed up from the day's 10K before, but I could handle that. Uh, it was nice to know that my my stomach was not going to uh, to basically take off on me and, and make me, uh, you know, hurt me in any in any capacity. So, um, so we made our way out of Wide World of Sports. We headed up Osceola Parkway like we always do. Went into Animal Kingdom. Now I thought usually with Animal Kingdom and the Wine and Dine half, you go through a little bit of it, and then you're back in the parking lot and you're out on Osceola Parkway and you're headed back towards the studios. But here, uh, because the park, the course had changed this year, there was uh, there was actually more of Animal Kingdom than I thought. So I kept waiting to be like, all right, we're going to turn and we're going to get out of here. But we kept going through all of Animal Kingdom. So that was nice. It was like a nice attempt at making us feel like we were actually running through parks. Uh, because if if it was just the usual, then we would have been in and out three minutes and then it would have been, you know, no parks. And so that would have been a bummer. But it was nice that we uh, we kind of went all through the park. We went through Harambe in Africa. We went through Asia and over by um, Dinoland, and so we really hit it all. And then we cut back by Conservation Station. I don't is that still what's called Rafiki's Planet Watch? Maybe that's what it's called now. But Conservation Station's out in the back. We hit that. We went out through the uh, backstage area of Animal Kingdom, which is kind of cool. I mean, I, I saw the rhinoceros enclosure, so I saw a rhino in there. I saw an elephant in the elephant enclosure, and I smelled one for sure. And then there's some, uh, there's like some out the outdoor um, scenic experts. Their sections right there, so you could see, um, like, uh, aged, purposely aged walls and thatched roofs. All these like test pieces to um, to see how it would hold up in the theme park. So it was neat to, to see all that. Now, granted, I've seen it all times before, either on TV shoots or when I was working over there. Um, but it was it's cool still to see that stuff and to know like okay. We're now going out in the middle of nowhere, and we're not going to enjoy anything. So headed out there, and then uh, usually what Disney does in these long stretches of nothing is they'll put out some some characters or some uh, street atmosphere or something like that. But for the strangest reason, and ask anybody, everyone's talking about it, is they had a Doctor Strange wrapped bus along the course. There, no Doctor Strange nothing else it was just this bus that they put there and <laughs> like everyone I talked to was like did you guys see that stupid ass bus like what was the purpose of it other than to, to plug the movie and we're like yeah like you got Disney has gotten so bad at at figuring out what we need where and and even like attempting at trying to make some really cool talent happen around <laughs> the race I, I I can't believe it I, I'm not bitching guys I'm not like grumpy old man i'm just like what a doctor strange bus and then you run for another two miles and then you there's some street atmosphere and then that's it and then you get to world drive and then there's a a balloon a hider balloon and you're like like at least try don't phone it in and so it was really disappointing but whatever uh i don't do it for the atmosphere and I don't do it for the metals. I just, I like to run through the parks because I've worked there for so long and I've grown up in that area. And so it's always fun to run through the park. So I was just like, whatever. But, uh, unfortunately my legs 
just didn't agree with me that day so I had to stop and walk a couple of times which is unusual but expected um, I was able to pace with a couple people and so I, I was appreciative that, that they kept the same pace that I did so it was nice and then at the end as I got into Epcot I was just exhausted I had nothing left in me and this guy grabbed me by the shirt and he was I think French or Italian I couldn't understand what he was saying but he was like ah oh, manja let's go let's go and I'm like oh okay fine so I was like I have nothing left I can't do this and he's like oh you can do it you can do it so we I did it and uh, ran through the end and uh, and finished in some time. I don't I don't even know, but picked up my medals and and kind of that was that. So overall, the races were okay. I don't think there's anything to write home about. the The entertainment along the course was marginal at best, uh, but I will say the thing that was really good and I, and I kudos to Disney for this is that they have gotten rid of marathon photo as the official photographers of the race and they've used their own internal photo pass people going from marathon photo to photo pass is like spending your life driving a a pinto and then all of a sudden being handed the keys to a jaguar like it, the, the the quality is insane the pictures that i got are 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 so professional looking they're well done they're well framed they're well thought out the composition's good and it's leaps and bounds better than anything that Mar- the marathon photo could do not to mention marathon photo charges like $20 a picture for these like terrible pictures like one eye is bigger than the other one there's drool coming out of your mouth and you're like you know peeing yourself and then the Disney ones are like really good they're they're so good and because we have annual passes we actually got those they're included in our annual pass. So all these pictures were free. Uh, I kind of knew that going into it. So I worked a little harder when I saw the photographers out, uh, which I think paid off pretty well. If you, um, look at my Instagram or my Facebook or uh, Twitter, but, uh, that was something I'm way, way, uh, way impressed with. So kudos to you on Disney on that. I get the course change. I get why you had to do it. I still think it could have been done a lot better. The entertainment is, was bad. Uh, they, there was some nickel and diming going on. Oh, by the way, they spelled inaugural wrong on the merchandise. Like, who who did not see that coming? This is the second time they've done it, that they can't spell inaugural right. Either use a different vendor or use spell check or hire somebody different because that was, uh, that was a massive, massive fail. So other than that, uh, I still love the races. I don't think we're going to go back and do wine and dine anymore. There's just too much we want to do on the West Coast. We'll still do marathon weekend, but uh, I think we have to bid adieu to wine and dine, which is sad. But uh, you know, we'll reevaluate in the future. But I think for now, uh, we're going to say say uh, au revoir to the uh, to the wine and dine. So some of the other things that I wanted to mention quickly were um, the after party after the the half marathon and um, just some experiences around the park. So the, as I mentioned before, instead of having the after party right after the race, you had the opportunity to go rest and then come back at night. I thought that was an amazing idea and uh, it was, it really worked out so much better than it has in years past. We, since, as I mentioned, we have annual passes, so we went a little bit early and uh, because it's Sunday, there are less people and then Sunday night, it was really, really empty. So we, we met up with friends of ours, very dear friends of ours who also ran and we hit the park and we hit it like five times in a row and, and didn't have to wait for anything. It was 
it was really, really good. So it was a smart idea on Disney's part. So I will give them credit for that. And, uh, and I did think that kind of splitting it up was a smart idea. So uh, kudos to Disney for that. But some other things that I wanted to notice to note really quickly uh, were, uh, again, the nickel and diming thing was more evident now than I, it's ever been evident before. Staying at the Beach Club, which is quote unquote a deluxe resort, I don't really feel like it is a deluxe resort. It's a location thing, and I think that's why they do deluxe. But even this is so funny, and asking my wife about it, she still can't stop bitching about it. Is the toilet paper? The toilet paper is like sandpaper, one ply, see through, like grade school toilet paper. And like I know that's not a big deal, but it's a huge deal. <laughs> You're just like, really? This is the toilet paper I get. I'm paying $500 a night, and this is what I get. So, uh, wow. Very wow. And then the other thing was uh, the room service. The room service, or not room service, the maid service was non-existent for us, which is crazy. So we get it. Like, we got up early. We got back early. So we're a little off schedule for the races. Um, but even the day of the half marathon... We didn't come back until like 1.30, 2 o'clock, and we had the make up our room thing. We put that on our door before we left at 3 in the morning, and it still wasn't made up. And, and we're like, we can't be the only runners at this resort. Like, you have to plan ahead. And it just seemed like these are the things, like, if you, if you don't, if you don't complain or you don't make noise, then you're just kind of like, or you don't spend a ton of money, then you're just kind of like there. It's even like, I guess they're renting out cabanas now at the theme parks for people, so you can rent a cabana and hang out there all day. Like, Again, I'm not grumpy old man. I'm just like, what the F? Seriously, like, what? It's kind of, it's actually very disgusting. Not kind of disgusting, it's truly disgusting. But some of the good things, and I want to say there were some good things, and again, I don't want you to think I'm griping about this stuff because... Uh, I think they need to be talked about. But the good things, too, were... Uh, so we went to Beaches and Cream, and if you haven't been there, Beaches and Cream is, like, the coolest restaurant. It's, like, an old 50s cafe, and it seats maybe, like, 50 people, if that. And they have got this dessert called the Kitchen Sink, which is, like, 18 pounds of ice cream and 12 bananas and, a, and a, you know, I don't know, six pounds of chocolate and you know, a midget. I don't know what's on there, but, uh, all these things are, are on that. I, I can't eat that. I can't do dairy, but I can do their burgers. And so we went in there and we sat at the, we didn't have a uh, reservation. And so we just said, Hey, could we get in? And they're like, yeah, you can sit at the counter. So we sat at the counter and for some reason, uh, we started talking about my wife and I started talking about my days working at universal studios when I worked at Schwab's pharmacy, scooping ice cream and making malts. And I told her about this thing called an egg cream and an egg cream. If you don't know, is uh, milk, chocolate syrup, and seltzer water. Milk, chocolate syrup, and seltzer water. It was invented in, in New York and in like the 40s, I think, 30s. And it's amazing. It's it's really, really good. And for um, for someone never to have tried it, it seems kind of crazy. And I mentioned, like, I used to make these all the time at Schwab's. If people from the Northeast would come in and order it, I'd I'd make it for them, even if it wasn't on the menu. So we mentioned this to our waiter, and he's like, uh, I've never heard of it. But then he found 
a cast member working there who'd been there for like 15 years and she's like oh yeah i'm from new york she's like i'll make you one and so she took the time out of her it wasn't even her table but she took the time to make my wife an egg cream to give it a try and i thought that was was really nice i thought that was really cool and so uh what we i think the continuing theme that we had seen throughout the weekend was that a lot of the food service employees or cast members were super super cool super nice and uh and considerate at least the ones that we experienced and then the attractions ones not so much not really they were just kind of like how many get on i get it i've been there i've been there for many years i so i understand what that that's like and so um it was really nice to to be able to have a connection um, with some cast members and i think that they were appreciative too that we could stop and joke with them and, and have a little fun and take some time out of their day um, just to have a little bit of fun so uh, so yeah, kudos to Beaches and Cream for that. No kudos to the maid service <laughs> at the beach club. Uh, but you know, maybe they were just having a bad day. But this isn't the first time we've experienced it, so it was a bit of a, a bit of a bummer. Uh, so that basically kind of wrapped up our our trip to um, the trip to Disney World to run to run the race. We did uh, get a chance to go to Universal Studios and check out. Um, all the Harry Potter stuff in the parks and, and because my wife and I met at Universal and uh, you know have, have a lot of experience and f- experiences and friends there uh, it was nice to it's always nice to go back and see um, some friends that still work there and our old attraction Earthquake is no more which is pretty sad it's been ripped apart for um, some Fast and Furious ride and we didn't get to ride Confrontation but uh, we'll be back in January so hopefully we can we can give that a try so again, that's my experience. Uh, not so much about me working there, and I, I hope that's okay, and I hope you will permit me to do more perspective stories like this. Uh, it's still around the parks, still around Disney, and I tied a little bit of my old days in there, so hopefully that was be, that's enough. Uh, but I hope you like the recap of the story of, uh, of the Wine and Dine weekend. It was. Uh, it's always fun to go down. It's not about the races. It's about the people and about family and just kind of cutting loose a little bit. So I, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I also hope you enjoyed this so much that you um, review my podcast. You tell your friends. I could really use the help in terms of getting this thing off the ground. So for those of you consistently listening, thank you so much. I, I hope you continue to enjoy what I'm putting out there and I hope you tell your friends for the, for those of you listening for the first time I I would su- strongly suggest that you go back and listen to my previous podcasts they're much more about days behind the name tag and not so much uh, behind the bib <laughs> see what I did there that's very good yes I'll have to remember that uh, but in the meantime uh, definitely go review this if you could uh, share it, retweet it, comment. I would love your thoughts and comments on this and how I can make this better. And uh, visit uh, visit me on Instagram, visit me on Facebook, on Twitter, on Snapchat. I'm, I'm a little bit everywhere. If you're into running, visit alwaysrunningforward.com. I've got some new content coming out there relatively shortly. Uh, but all in all, just thanks again for listening and I'll see you next time.